This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. Dive in. Uh, many of us are, are coming off of times of, of vacation. Man, you'll see that as people start to come back in. I'm coming off a of vacation myself. Uh, me and my, my beautiful wife and my daughter, we was out in Florida. And, yeah, it's my first time. I liked it. We didn't get eaten by any alligators, so that's good. You know, <laughs> we decided to write, watch that movie Crawl right before we left so we could set the tone and stuff. You know, it didn't help much. Um, but, man, so you have a lot of people, like the, the time that we're in, right, the space, a lot of people coming off of vacations, uh, a lot of people got kids that are, are, are going back to school or you're about to start up your, your, your homeschooling semesters. Some of us are getting ready to, to jump back into, into college or we're getting ready to start college, Many of us are just entering back into some of the normal rhythms of life, right? Some of us are like, man, nothing changed for me. It's just been the same, you know? But a lot of us, we're getting back into some normal rhythm. Life is about to get, get ordinary again. Um, yeah, yeah, you're sending your family home. Those that was visiting, you're coming back. We, we are leaving Disneyland and all the other places that you're at, and you're getting back into the flow of life, the ordinary flow of, of, of everything. And even as, as a church, right, as a church, we're, we're entering back into our normal rhythms of life, the, the, the ordinary things. Uh, like I said, community groups are opening back up. Um, our classes are, are going to be opening back up that we do monthly. We have RSU, our outreach ministries, and we're about to just enter back into our ordinary rhythms as a community of believers. And as we're entering back into those rhythms, we, we just want to set a tone of, of, of what we're looking to do and, and who we are as a people. Because a lot of times um, what we try to do is we try to respond to, to culture, we try to respond to, to brokenness. And, and, and then the problem is that in that response, oftentimes we have this over-response. And instead of saying, let me try to just respond to brokenness, our deal is we want to look at Scripture and just say, like, what does Scripture call us to, right? So... Here's our desire. Our desire as a family of believers is to continue to live the way the saints of Scripture lived, but in our context. That's our desire, our heart, to look at the Bible, to look at Scripture and see how our brothers and sisters in, in, in Scripture live, but know that the cultural context has changed, but the gospel hasn't. The gospel has it. It's the same gospel and it's adaptable to every kind of culture on earth. Every people group can find this story traced back to the narrative of the gospel. So this morning we want to look at, at the ordinary lives of, of the community of believers that we're going to look at in Acts, right? And we're, we want to ask a couple of questions like, what is God saying to us as we look at them? 
right? This is what you should always be asking when you're reading Scripture. What is God saying to us as we look at them? Well, what do we learn from how the early saints lived? What, 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 and what does it look like in our lives, in our context, with, with the, the, the pressures of our times and the things that we're wrestling with? So we're going to be looking in, in, in Acts chapter 2. And we're at this point in Scripture where there was this huge event that just happened, right? Like Jesus, he... He, 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 he died, and he, he, he was leaving, and he told his, his, his disciples, listen, I'm leaving. I want you to go on mission, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to wait. I'm sending my spirit to you, right? So I want you to just chill out here in Jerusalem and, and wait until my spirit comes, and then, and then when the spirit comes, let him lead you, right? And, and that's what they did. They, they hung out, and then... Finally, the Holy Spirit came, and it was just this crazy event because, like, the Holy Spirit fell on them. There were these tongues of fire on them. Uh, they, 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 they spilled out into the streets, and, and they started speaking in tongues. And they, when they're speaking in tongues, they're speaking in, in the languages of people who, by God's sovereign grace, at that exact time and moment, there was believers from, devout believers from, from every nation coming in, and they're hearing people speaking inside of their native tongues, a tongue that they weren't trained in, but they're fluently speaking it, right? And then it gets to this point where, where Peter, he stands up, and he opens up the Scriptures, and he, and he starts to preach, and he, and he starts to show Christ in all of Scripture, and he's just going through this long stint, and like 3,000 people give their lives to Jesus. The disciples was busy. People was being, being baptized, and, and, and that was the, this really, really big, big event. A lot of times there's these huge events in life that God really, really speaks to us in. It could be like, man, man, the, the, the band seemed to just play better than they ever played in their lives, and the Lord was just speaking to me. Or, or, or something about the word this morning that, that, that really hit my heart in a specific way. Or, or probably God did something really, really miraculous for me. Like, Lord, really me? Sometimes even we use tragic events to grab our attention. But he uses these huge moments of great joy and sometimes great pain, but, but to do great things inside of our lives. And we love these events. And, and many of us would rather just live in those great moments. Live in, in those events and just go from event to event to event to event. It's not where, where, where life actually happens, though. You see, those 3,000 people had to eventually go home sooner or later, right? They didn't just stay inside that water like, yo, life is good, just stay. Like, no, nah, they still had to go tend to their flocks and go to work and stuff. Eventually, they got back to work and they went back to their homes. Eventually, they went back to the ordinary mundanes of life. 
Eventually, the kids go back to school, and eventually, you got to get off your two-day vacation and go back to work. Classes start back up, and you got to start opening up your, your, the book and study again. Eventually, you go back into the ordinary rhythms of life. And as we are just preparing to go back into some of the ordinary rhythms of our lives, even as a community of, of believers and, and, and our things are about to, to, to go back off, what we want to do is we want to look at some of the believers in, in Acts. Like, like, what was it like after they, they went back home? What was it like after everyone got back into their normal rhythms, after the flaming tongues disappeared and, and they started just living into this thing? What did the ordinary fellowship of believers look like in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47? So if you turn there with me and stand, I want to read Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And let me read this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the word of God. You may be seated. As we, um, as we look at this passage of Acts today and, and, and just think through what the Lord is saying, some things that's important, um, reminders about looking at the book of Acts is, um, the book of Acts is part two to the book of Luke, right? So in, in the book of Luke, Luke is writing about Jesus on mission. What did it look like? Before his death, before his burial, before his resurrection, what did it look like with Jesus being on, on mission and displaying the kingdom of God? And then Luke goes into the book of Acts, and in the book of Acts, he writes about what does it look like for Jesus to still be on mission after his death, after his burial, after his resurrection, but now through the lives of the believers because he's literally living inside of them and continuing the mission. So as we read the book of Acts, there are many moments that, that, that mirror the book of Luke to show the, the continuation of, of Christ on mission, like still Christ. And there's, there's these comparatives along the way. We look at Acts 2 and 42 as we start to think about this, and it says, 
And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, now Luke is writing this, and he is being very, very intentional with his observations, what he chooses to include as he writes these things. And he, he points out this particular point very intentionally because it sets the stage for everything else. So what I want to do is I want to look at the everything else for a little bit and then come back to this point. Right after that, right after talking about how they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to, to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayers, it says, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So, so like I said, there are parts that, 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 that are mirroring Luke, right? And this part that's, that's, that's mirroring Luke is, this, is in Luke 5 and 26, where, where there's this point where, where Jesus has just healed a, a, a paralyzed man, right? And, and, and Jesus, he's just, he's walking out his, his devotion to the kingdom of God. He's walking out his devotion to, to his father. He's saying, this is what the kingdom of God look like. And he's doing these, these signs and these, these wonders to display the kingdom of God. And he, he heals this paralyzed man. But what I want to look at in 5 and 26 is, is how they respond to the healing. It says, and amazement seized them all. And they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. Amidst the, the, the ordinary lives of the believers, the, there was extraordinary things being put on display. Amidst the, the ordinary, everyday, mundane, ins and out, taking kids back to school, doing all the normal things, going to shopping, going to Walmart, all the normal things. The believers were living together and in their mix, extraordinary was being displayed. And these were signs of the kingdom of God. These were evidence that God was with them. That's why they weren't like culture. That's why it seemed to be so extraordinary. Because who was with them? In the mundane, in the ordinariness of life, there was extraordinary. That's why they was in awe. They're in awe of the God that was in the midst of the believers. And then, and actually start to describe a little bit about what this, this, this ordinary life looked like that was extraordinary. And he says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, receiving their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people, ordinary life, extraordinary. You see, the gospel shapes the ordinary lives of believers in an extraordinary way, in a way that doesn't fit 
right into culture in a, lady, in a way that causes people to ask, how does that add up? That doesn't make sense. Many times we want to, to jump straight to the 3,000 people getting baptized. That we want let's to, get, let's get right over there. Many times we want to we get straight to the signs and wonders as if that's not already signs and wonders. Many times we just want to get to the people being in awe and the Lord adding to their numbers and we, we want to jump over the thing that set the stage for everything else. We just want to get over there, but there was something else that, 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 that Luke points out that sets the stage for everything else. Back in 2, in 42, he says, and they devoted themselves. A lot of times we want to jump over that part. And they devoted themselves. I, I, I want to linger on this thing right here, this this devoted themselves. What I, so, so, so what I did, because I, want, I wanted us to understand the, the heart, what this feels like, what this smells like when he says, and they devoted themselves. So what I did is I, I, I looked up that Greek word that's being, being translated as devoted, and I look at all the different times it was translated in Scripture and the different ways it was translated, right? So at one point, it's being translated, and, and, and it says, they gave themselves, devoted. They gave themselves. This is the Greek word that's also translated as devoted. There was another time when it was, it was set aside or reserved. Jesus, was, he wanted um, a, a boat to be set aside and reserved for him because there was a lot of crowd there. Basically, the boat, the boat was devoted to him. It was set aside and reserved. Same word. Same word in a different scripture, it talked about continued, continued with, devoted, devoted, continues with. It doesn't pull out, it doesn't stop, it keeps on going, and it continues with. In another section, it talked about being in attendance, I'm here, devoted. In another sex, section, the exact same word was translated, and, and, and it talked about participating, devoted. In another section, the exact same word, and it talked about constantly going back to. All the same word translated in different ways, but the same Greek word. This is the heart. This is what it devoted smells like and feels like, constantly going back to. I'm participating in it. I'm in attendance. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm continuing on. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm set aside and reserved. I'm giving myself. Devoted. He said they were, they devoted themselves. This word described the heart of the believers then and continues to call to the heart of believers now. It described their family then and it sets the tone for our fam now as a part of their fam because this is continuating, continuing. I think I made a word just now, continuating. I like it, I like it. Lord, <laughs> write that down. 
There you go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord. And, 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 and so our, our families, that's why we're looking at, all right, Jesus before death, burial, resurrection. And now you're looking at, at Acts at Jesus with the disciples. And we're looking at us, Jesus now, with us, in us. It should be the same thing carrying on. So Pastor Aaron and myself, we wanted to sink our hearts together as, as, as we are going into the, the, the mundanes and the normal rhythms. And we wanted to sink our, our hearts together with a quick two-week series that we're just calling Devoted. Just simple, Devoted. Just calling it Devoted. And even as we talk about Devoted, you see, we want to look at why our brothers and sisters in Acts were devoted to. Because it's a weird thing in, in, in culture. You have some people that just struggle to be devoted to anything. So they don't, they don't want to commit nowhere. They don't want to be devoted. They don't want to have no, no one to hold them accountable to nothing. So they struggle to be devoted. But then when you look closely, they're devoted to certain things. Like their political parties or, 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 or their racial affiliations or, 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 or Netflix. Mad devoted. I'm just saying. <laughs> Preach yourself a little bit. <laughs> so I want to focus our devotion this morning, right? What are we devoted to? So, so, so this week, I'm going to point out three things from this text. And then next week, Pastor Aaron, he's going to come in and he's going to point out three things from this text. And, and as we're looking at what they're devoted to, we're calling us to be devoted to the same spirit, the same God. They're devoted, we're devoted. So first I want to start off, it says that they was devoted to the apostles' teachings. Devoted to the apostles' teachings. So the, like I said already, Peter stood up and he opened up the scriptures and preached a phenomenal message from out the Old Testament because that's what they was looking at, right? But also, this stuff keep reflecting back to, to, to Luke. It's keep echoing and shadowing Luke to show God continuing to do things, right? So when you look at Luke 24 and 7, you have this point, I'm going to turn there for a second, but it's this point where it was right after Jesus died and, the, and, 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 and he had came back alive, but the apostles didn't know it. And the disciples were scattered. They didn't know what was going on. They was confused. They was discouraged. And then Jesus ran up alongside, alongside a couple of disciples that was walking. But what he did was he, he, he didn't allow them to discern it was him. He just walked with them and he just talked with them, right? And it says there, and it says, and beginning with Moses... And all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. They felt they had just got dealt a blow of bad news. If you, if you even watch that conversation and you read there, they, they're really discouraged. like, we thought it was him. We thought he was the one we was waiting for. And he comes along 
alongside them. He walks with them, and he shows them him through all of Scripture, and he encourages them. Did you not believe me? He encourages them. What he does is he gives them the gospel. I know you're thinking you got some bad news, but let me remind you of some good news. He gives them the gospel by opening up the Scriptures and pointing out himself through all of Scripture. And then in Acts, he uses the apostles to continue opening up the scriptures, to continue teaching the gospel. So they was devoted to the apostles teaching. Thus, they was devoted to the gospel. So, so we're calling us this morning to that same devotion. And I'm saying, let us. Be a people devoted to the teachings of the gospel. If someone is writing about us, let them be able to say they were devoted to the gospel. They were devoted to scripture. They were devoted to listening to the word of God. Let us be devoted to the gospel. What does that look like? I want to think about, I want us to think about some of those same contexts when we were looking at that word devoted and the Greek word and in different ways it was, it was translated. What does it look like to be devoted to the gospel? Well, it looks like giving ourselves to the studying of the word of God. I'm, I'm giving myself over to it. Lord, have your way. Giving ourselves to the studying of the word of God. It looks like going constantly back to the word of God. Like, hold on, hold on. Let me see what scripture says about that. Constantly, I'm going back to it. Why? Because I'm devoted to the gospel. I need to understand how this lines up. It means being in attendance when Scripture is being taught because I'm devoted to the gospel. I want to hear it. I want to understand it. I want to learn and know it more and more and more. Devoted. This is what it looks like. These are those same translations, those same words. It looks like being set aside and reserved for the application of the gospel because some of us can't do nothing in walking out the gospel because we're so preoccupied with everything else. But being devoted is like, but, but Lord, I'm set aside for you. You call me to live into this gospel, and, and, and I'm reserved for your use, Lord. It looks like allowing the implications of the gospel to shape our lives. Like, I'm growing and I, I, I now see that that doesn't add up in my life. And I need to cut. And the gospel is shaping our lives. Not just, that sounds good. But when you're devoted to it, 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 it does more than just sound good. Also, and I won't be long, the next thing I want to point out is that it says they were devoted to prayer. Now, that's important. It says that they were devoted to prayer. Like, man, we, a lot of us, we can be devoted to reading mad books. Like, I read this book and I read that book, and there's a lot of good theology out there, a lot of good books, but, but there got to be a part of us that's devoted to prayer where I can read and the Lord can speak to my heart. The Lord can inspire me. The Lord can move and, and, and show things connecting because I'm, I'm devoted in prayer. You see, 
Prayer indicates a dependence on God. In a time where, where, where we're constantly pushed to say, I'm independent. I just depend on myself. I got this. But prayer says, I don't got this. Lord, you do and you have me. So I'm constantly going to God and pray. I'm devoted. It wasn't like they didn't need an extra event. It was a normal rhythm of life. They was devoted to prayer. Pray that indicates a hope in the future. I believe your word, Lord. I believe what you say will happen, will happen. And I come to you in prayer because I have hope. That thy kingdom come and thy will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I can come to you. Prayer indicates a desire to see God's work be manifest. Ah, We want to see his healing. We want to see brokenness just fixed. We want to see God turn things around in that brother or sister life. We want to see his work manifest. So we pray. Prayer indicates I am in fellowship with God in all things. Lord, it's your mission, and you called me alongside with you. I'm not just waiting to this thing that I just want to do. We're in it together, Lord. I'm listening to you. I'm praying to you. I just like hearing your voice. I just like being inside of your presence. I just like being led by you. I just like knowing that, that, that I'm in your comfort. I'm in your graces. I'm just like knowing that you're there. So I pray and I talk to you because I love you and I want you devoted to prayer. So yes, let us be a people devoted to prayer. Let us be a people devoted to the teachings of the gospel. Let us be a people devoted to prayer. Again, those same translations, this means Giving ourselves over to prayer. That means that I'm, I'm, I may be, be sprawled out on the floor praying. That means I, I may be on my knees. I may, I may be standing. I may be sitting. I'm, but I'm giving myself to prayer. It means constantly going back to prayer. I know I prayed about it, but I'm constantly going back because I believe it's to be true. It means being in tendance when people say, let us pray together. Dope, I'm there. We're going to pray. We're devoted. It means setting aside and reserving time to pray. Because I'm devoted. Third thing I want to look at. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end a little bit early, I'm gonna try to, because I want to I intentionally leave, leave some time at the end for us to do something. But, um, yeah, so the band can come, and I'm going to try to close this out. But the last thing I want to I talk about is devoted to the breaking of bread. Now, this word here is the same word that's used to talk about people fellowshipping inside of their homes and eating food together, and communion. Exact same word. Next week, Pastor Aaron will look at the ones with people fellowshipping inside their homes together, but today, I want to look at the one having to do with communion. 
You see, many churches do communion different ways, right? Some people, some churches, they'll have communion quarterly. Others, they, they, they do it once a month. And, and I'm not saying whether they're right or wrong. I'm just saying we do it almost every single Sunday because it says as often as you come together. And what you'll find is you'll see us taking communion in our families at home with mom and dad and kids together. And we're breaking bread and we're taking communion. You'll see often in our community groups times that we, we set aside and we, and we break bread with one another and we, we take communion. And here's why, because of what it says in Luke 22, 19 through 20. It says, and he took bread and when he gave, when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup that is poured out for you is a new covenant in my blood. When he says, do this in remembrance of me, what he's talking about, what he died for, what happened in his death as you are remembering him. So the last point is, let us be a people devoted to remembering we are commonly united in Christ. I mean, communion is an altar call of sorts because it says, I want to be a part of that family or is acknowledging I am a part of that family. It's reminding that, 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 that we are united together in Christ. It's a piece of eternity that merges both the past and the future together. So, so as you think about all the different kinds of people that was taking communion and acknowledging the exact same thing. I'm a part of that family. People of different races, people of different backgrounds, different experiences, all saying I'm a part of that family. A common unity that's built and centered around Christ, that's bought by his blood. People that are literally united with us because of Christ devoted to that common unity giving ourselves to this to, to this reality we, we take communion and we don't we don't contemplate the reality of it people constantly going back to the reality of what was bought and what but by the blood and what was bought by the body Valuing being attendance for the breaking of bread because we are family united in Christ, intentionally setting aside time for communion. Now I'm going to look at, jump to the end here. In 2 and 47, he says this And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who are being saved. You see, living devoted to the gospel in the ordinary rhythms of life is living a life on mission with God. People see God and they're drawn to God and God chooses to, to, to put himself amongst us, amongst lonely people like us and allow people to see him and be drawn to him. 
But you just living into it in the mundanes of life. And you're already living missional. But being devoted to what the gospel calls. So what we're going to do, since I'm basically already explained what communion is, is, is calling us into, I want to call us into a time of prayer. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do while you're praying. A couple of things. I'm going to ask you to do this. First of all, and you can, you can group together and pray. Some of you can come over here and pray. Like I said, I don't want to preach this, but I wanted to do it. Spend some time praying. But pray that God will give us devoted hearts. Pray for that. Acknowledge that. And I'm, I'm not really devoted. And pray, Lord, pray that God will give us devoted heart. Pray for one another. Pray for our family of believers that God has called us into fellowship with. Pray for one another. Pray for the community God has placed this church in. Pray. That's what God has called us to do. So that being said, the tables are open, but I want to say linger in prayer. Group together in prayer. Come up and break bread whenever the Lord leads in, and we'll worship together. Tables are open. Let's pray. This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com.